from National Public Radio. NPR Playhouse presents Nightfall. In the dream, you are falling, lost in the listening distance, as dark locks in. Nightfall. Good evening. Tonight, we have a special holiday treat for listeners who really like to settle into a show. It's a kind of box lunch based on the Victorian short story by Sir Walter Bessant and James Rice and dramatized for the series by John Gavin Douglas. It's called... The appetite of Mr. Lucraft. You wonder? Yes. I see you wonder at me, in the midst of all this holiday cheer and plenty, why I eat and drink so little. <laughs> oh, yes, a host of men have killed themselves with gluttony, but be eaten almost to death by the ravenous feeding of another. You'd think, would you not, that I'd been amongst the cannibals? Why, I have. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you how I disagreed with something that ate me. My appetite was hereditary. One of the few things I can remember of my mother was a constant complaint that my father used to eat her out of house and home. It was the same when I became a strolling player, wandering the provinces with a down-at-heels troop of actors. Uh, we were poor as church mice, but it was share and share alike, and they said I ate for four. For all my hearty feeding, I was slim and played Romeo <laughs> very badly. and was loved by Juliet Cairns, named long ago for Shakespeare's Juliet by her father, the theatre's owner. We dared not show our attachment for very fear of Mr. Cairns' anger. But one night, Shakespeare betrayed us. Carried away by our passion, Juliet and I forgot to act. The audience, entranced, seemed not to breathe. It is my soul that calls upon my name. How silver sweet sound lovers' tongues by night, like softest music to attending ears. Romeo. My dear. At what o'clock tomorrow shall I send to thee? By the hour of nine. I will not fail. Tis twenty years till then. Good night. Good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow that I shall say good night till it be morrow. <laughs> Misfortune of misfortunes. Old Cairns himself was in the audience that night. The audience thought it was good acting. 
He knew what he saw. Next morning, the instant he caught sight of me... Mr. Lowcroft, be so good as to step into my office at once, please. Mr. Kerrin, sir, I, I, I'm very sorry about last night. Truly, I am. Now, look here, Lowcroft. You're a, you're a good young fellow and a, a likely actor. But I can't have you spoiling my Juliet for the stage, so I'm going to put her up without you. But, 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 sir... You get away from here to London and uh, find yourself another engagement. Mr. Kerrin, I, I love Juliet. That, Mr. Lowcroft, is the problem. You needn't say goodbye to her, by the way, because I've had it out with her this morning. Tough job it was, too. She and I, but... We... My boy, when Juliet is married, or you get rich or something, why, you see, we shall all be glad to have you back. They all say that there's no work in London. Oh, staff. Oh. Yeah, well, uh... Here. There's, uh... There's a week's pay in advance. That's the best I can do. The next few weeks were even worse than I had feared. There was no work in the provinces, and in the theatres of London, not even an extra. One day at noon, after paying the rent, I found myself without a penny, and gnawed by a hunger greater than I'd ever known. Faint and starving, I leaned against a lamppost outside a dining room, where a host of people were... lunching. Hares, fowls and turkeys were piled high in the window with boundless prodigality among a wealth of carrots, turnips and cauliflowers. And through the open doors came a perfume more delicious than the sweetest strains of music, accompanied by the torturing voices of diners. Waiter, roast beef with plenty of brown. Oh, heavens, plenty of brown. Roast mutton underdone. I love my mutton underdone. Roast veal and bacon oh, with stuffing. A dish for the gods. Head for two. I could eat calves' head for a dozen. Pudding. Soup. Fish. Cheese. Ah, ah, ah. At that moment, as I was nearly fainting, there came down the street a monstrous old man, bearing before him like the Lord Mayor, a gross and swollen abdomen, walking very slowly as if the exertion might kill him and leaning upon a thick cane. He had white hair, white whiskers, and a purple face. Indeed, he might have resembled St. Nicholas, except for his eyes, flushed with red veins that gave him a wolfish expression. Young man, you look ill. Have you been drinking? No, no sir. I, I'm only hungry. Oh, so hungry. Here's a pretty fellow for you. Hungry. The most enviable position a man can be in. And he dares to complain at his luck. Complain? What are the law classes coming to next time, Hunter? This London is a gigantic caravan. Full of the most splendid things. Things which had only wants an appetite to eat. And he's got that and he laments. What is the use of you? Have no money. He's yours. A small appetite is a rule, or is it? <laughs> a large one. Large. Huge. <sighs> Born with it. It's very awkward just now. Mm, young man, come with me now and once. But, but Don't sir... Don't talk. That may interfere with the further growth of your appetite. Walk slowly and keep your mouth shut. Oh, 
pushing me down a maze of alleys, he lumbered close behind, muttering to himself with that awful chuckle and grunt. So, what a fine young fellow it is. What room for the development of big Alderman's art. What a backbone for the support of a belly. Heavens, what a diner might be made of this boy, if only he had money. Turning into a narrow hidden court, he bent with great difficulty to a little black pocket. It seemed to blow into the keyhole with his mouth. What shoulders he has for a table, and what legs to put under it now. And the door opened. And then it shut behind us of its own accord. We stood in a large room, resplendent with the light of at least forty wax candles, in whose shimmer there gleamed a magnificent dining table, set for one. And beside it stood what I then thought was a man. than last other young man. <laughs> How much do you think he did tonight? We will try him with a late luncheon first, Bolognese, and then pronounce on his <laughs> performance. <laughs> young men do not always come up to their profession. What time? Mother dine himself. I don't know. Perhaps not till nine o'clock. Perhaps not then. Vanish, Polonaise, and serve! Did the ancient servant go through the floor? Did the table sink when he disappeared and come up loaded with succulent dishes? It seemed so. Food! A banquet! Oh, let me eat! One moment only, a single moment. Tell me again the nature and extent of your appetite. And oh, be truthful. Our little tongue should never lie. 